0: Welcome back to the Get A Q Podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I am pleased to be joined today by coworker and friend Jonathan Shapiro. Uh, Jonathan is the science curriculum coordinator for the Pembroke Public Schools. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Brandon. It's great to be here with you.
0: Yeah. So uh, we were talking about we've been talking about AI probably since what December now at this point, uh, but we're finally starting to actually put things into practice. It's uh, students are, are looking at AI tools. Uh, teachers are, and administrators are looking at AI tools. What was sort of the genesis here in the Pembroke Public Schools for that?
1: So we've been talking about it since it was released in December. And there were, there were a lot of vague conversations based on what we were reading in newspapers and the little experiments that we would try to see. How does this software work? What does it really do? Uh, I took a course over the summer and that really changed my outlook because it gave us the opportunity to really dive into this in a much p- more purposeful manner for professional purposes.
0: Yeah, and the course was through which organization?
1: The course was offered through the Whipperl organization. Uh, and and
0: what was it? So it was a week long course that you were at.
1: Yeah, it was a week long course. It was really uh, more of a workshop model uh, because there really hasn't been a. You know, there's been a lot of writing. About ChatGPT, but there hasn't been enough time for extensive research within it.
0: So, in the course itself, was more of an introduction into ChatGPT, or was it um, was it deeper than
1: that? It it was deeper than that. So, it included that, and then we really tried to push it, ChatGPT, to see exactly what could we do with it, and of the research that had already been released, what did that tell us? What could we jump off from there for.
0: Yeah. And, and I think the common misconception around AI right now in the education space is that ChatGPT is all of AI, right? That uh, I think we sometimes forget that ChatGPT is the brand name for a particular AI source in the same way that Kleenex is the brand name for uh, tissues that we'd use to blow your nose. But um, we, we've taken a look at quite a few different products, and but mainly focused on ChatGPT in in the Pembroke Public Schools uh, for a couple of f- reasons, Um, one being the student-facing side and one being the administrator and teacher-facing side. Um, What sorts of things have you found on the teacher-facing side that could sort of be a disruptor?
1: This is really one of the most interesting pieces of technology that we've seen come across during our careers. This is, you know, it's right up there with the invention of the internet itself where things have to be done differently. And so we're starting to see, as as more and more teachers work with it. We're going to start to see more and more of its strengths and more and more of its limitations. And so um, starting with the teacher-facing side was was conscious um, because we don't really have a lot of the answers for the student-facing side. But before we get into that conversation, which a lot of those conversations can can be based on preconceptions and biases. We wanna make sure that everyone has a really sound understanding of what this technology is, what it can really do, and how it can be used productively in a professional setting.
0: And, and what sorts of things have you found with your department so far uh, in that? We're a couple of weeks into it.
1: So within the department, there have been a number of different uses. Uh, some people are using it to work on executive functioning skills, so helping them organize their day and plan out when should they do certain things. Other people are using it for planning purposes of helping with design of lessons or the design of assessments.
0: Yeah, and and that's one of the things that you can put what you're, you know, a partially fleshed out idea into it and have it develop it even further.
1: Right, it's a great brainstorming tool. And that's one of the things that we really want to emphasize with people, that this is not necessarily generating your final product. This is not taking the human out of teaching. This is just a brainstorming tool that we want to help people enhance what, what they're able to do, allow them to make the professional decisions based on a higher starting point.
0: Yeah, and, and we've taken a look at some some different ways, uh, you know, looking at uh, Matt Miller and some of the work he's done with um, Ditch That Textbook, but uh, AI for Educators in the, in the sense that, like, what exactly is, uh, you know, like what's cheating versus what's having the student um, use the AI to kind of push forward the work that they're already doing? Uh, and that's a conversation teachers need to have and administrators need to have that we're not really sure what's what quite yet.
1: Yeah, that's a really hard conversation that we need to have. Um, before we do that, we need, like I said, we need to figure out for ourselves, what is this from our perspective? So when when we go to a variety of resources and use them, what's our work versus what's someone else's work and where is that okay and not okay from a professional perspective? But then when we're evaluating student work and we're, when we're designing work for students to do, that's a completely different conversation, but it's based on the same premise. And so we need to think about where is that line. So thinking, you know, this is going back years now, but when when you and I went to school, we didn't have grammar check. Right. And right. we were and we were graded on grammar. Right. Right? And now I don't I can't imagine that grammar is a huge factor in grading because Every time you type something, it checks its grammar for you. Right, But it doesn't take the human out of it, because there are grammatical rules. But Microsoft, or Apple, or Google, or whomever is doing your grammar check doesn't necessarily know what you're saying or, or what your voice is, and that's where the student still comes into play, and they still need that understanding of grammatical rules and syntax. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and there have been some discussions about what, you know, at, at what point is the, is the teacher using AI and shouldn't be for passing it off as their own work? You know, say, coming up with a lesson plan or fleshing out some ideas, um, that's a hard conversation to have as well.
1: It really is, and it's one that we really haven't had to to engage in um, very much, there's an acceptable use, a fair use policy within um, the academic realm where teachers can take things from the internet and apply them and use them in very much the same way that if a student did, it would not necessarily be acceptable. And so we have to figure out where where are those double standards and what are What are reasonable to apply because it's really difficult to defend a double standard, but it's clear that that we're using this tool uh, and our students need to be using the tool. But how do we design things for them such that they can use all the tools at their disposal and still have a productive learning environment?
0: Yeah, and these aren't conversations that are happening in a silo here in Pembroke. They're happening at the university level. They're happening at other public schools in private schools as well. So the, the things that we've looked at have so far have been, you know, w- at what point in the continuum is the, is the AI doing more of the work than, than the, the person putting the information into it? And that sort of consulting the internet and AI for ideas and then writing and submitting um, seems to be the area where most people are at right now. Um, and then there's the, um, you know, AI generates a draft and offers feedback to improve. That's where we start to wonder, where did we go? Did we, did we go past that, that line? Like,
1: where is the line? Right, that's a great discussion, and, and that's a discussion that we need to have as an entire field. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so, I mean, this, this brings back the idea of when we went to school, Knowledge itself was a commodity, and at some point that transitioned to so now knowledge is no longer a commodity. you have to have knowledge it's, it's you know it, when when people say that you should just work on skill development well you need you need knowledge to develop the skills around, but knowledge itself is in your pocket mm-hmm. you know you have access to all the world's knowledge within your with in your cell phone. So if knowledge is not the commodity, now we're talking about some of the, some of the um, construction of new meaning from that knowledge. And is that a commodity at this point or, or have we gone beyond that as well? And this is only the beginning. Where AI is right now is dramatically different from where it was in December when ChatGPT came out it's dramatically different than a year prior to that when there was still lots of, of AI and lots of systems that we were using. But it's going to be a very different world by the end of the school year.
0: Yeah. Um, should AI be banned in schools?
1: Banning AI in schools is a complex and nuanced issue. And the decision should be made carefully considering both the potential benefits and the risks. It's important to recognize that AI is not inherently good or bad but it's how it's used that matters. Here's some factors to consider when discussing whether AI should be banned in schools. Uh, So there are privacy concerns. AI systems often collect and process a significant amount of data about students, including personal information. Concerns about the privacy and security of this data may lead some to advocate for stricter regulations or even a ban. Over-reliance on technology. There is a concern that an over-reliance on AI technology in education could diminish the importance of human teachers and interpersonal interactions, which which are crucial for holistic learning. The ethical concerns, there are ethical concerns related to AI, such as the potential for bias in algorithms and the need to ensure that AI systems do not discriminate against certain groups of students. And some argue that the funds spent on implementing AI in schools could be better used for educational resources or programs. AI has the potential to enhance the learning experience by personalizing education, offering additional resources, and supporting teachers in various ways. AI can automate administrative tasks, allowing educators to focus more on teaching and less on paperwork. AI can make education more accessible to students with disabilities or those who require Tailored support, familiarizing students with AI technology can better prepare them for a future in which AI is increasingly prevalent in various fields, and AI can provide valuable insights through data analysis, helping schools identify areas for improvement and tailor educational approaches. In summary, a complete ban on AI in schools may not be necessary or desirable. Instead, a balanced approach is advisable. Schools should certainly, uh, sorry, schools should carefully consider the ethical implications, privacy safeguards, and educational benefits of AI impl- implementation. Proper regulations and guidelines should be put in place to ensure responsible and beneficial use of AI in education. The key is to strike a balance that leverages AI's advantages while addressing potential concerns. And
0: AI wrote that entire post. It was great. (laughs) You ask AI if it should ban itself, uh, and the question that it comes back to is, yeah, sure, privacy concerns and over-reliance on technology, ethical concerns and resource allocation. And then the the benefits, um, you know, enhanced learning and personalizing education, efficiency, which we've seen as being the biggest one. And the conversation we had in our leadership team meetings about efficiency is what do the teachers then do or administrators then do or the kids then do with that newfound time? And one would argue, you know, when the internet came out and we were doing Google searches, instead of looking through card catalogs, we were using more resources and more appropriate resources and, you know, spending more time working on the actual writing than actual uh, research. I remember the note cards and um, annotated bibliographies and all sorts of other fun stuff that we don't have to do anymore. Uh, And preparation for the future and accessibility. So it gave us, you know, what it thinks are the best attributes and the concerns that people might have.
1: I think that's a great point. The efficiency is one where, I mean, every technological innovation that we've ever had has always come with the promise that this will save us time and with that time we can do other things. And we all know that our inboxes are still flooded and we still spend late nights working on all of our work even though we're supposed to be freed up from this from all sorts of technology. So with the AI, the hope is the same, right? We hope that this gives us more time to do other things. And in particular, my hope certainly is that where, where we become more efficient, so it won't take as much time to generate materials, let's, let's reallocate that time such that teachers can spend more of the time doing those human specific tasks you know so most of education is based on the relationships that we have person to person to person and if we can focus more of our energy there and less of our energy generating um paper products then i think that we're in good shape
0: yeah and so what what would you say to a skeptic um, someone, one of the you know, and think of any of the number of people we've ever worked with that would sort of be considered the the old school type um, that came around on technology because of COVID and kind of they had to, but they they said we should outright ban AI.
1: So banning technology doesn't ever seem to work. Um, you know, people wanted to ban the internet when it came out. We found great uses for the internet. They wanted to ban. Cell phones, we found great educational benefits to cell phones. And there are still people that wanna ban those. And I don't think that either side is necessarily wrong, but you can't put Pandora back in, in their box. This This software exists, it will always exist, and it's going to get better. We need to prepare kids for the world that they're going into, where they're going to be using this. And so the question then becomes, how do we better prepare students for that world that they're entering into that is vastly unknown and even more unknown than I think that we realized? How do we redesign educational systems to take advantage of, what's, of what exists?
0: So, and and on the, so on that student side, other than having kids just go, and we saw this at the end of last year with our midterm and final exams, students just kind of going in and I've run out of time, so I'm going to, Throw it into ChatGPT chat GPT and and ask it for the essay answer and submit that. And we had some staff members who who clearly were on top of it and caught it. And I'm sure that there were others that snuck through. How do we ask students to be more ethical about the use of AI?
1: Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. That's a great question. Um, I mean, people have always used new technology for both good and for bad that and for all of the future that is going to continue to occur um with you know my background is in molecular biology with all the the advances in molecular biology to cure disease there are also some pretty troubling uh risks that come with it as well but that doesn't mean that you ban the technology it means that you figure out how do you regulate it and how do you work with it Mm. so we have a lot of potential with with ChatGPT and other forms of ai but the question then is how do we make sure that we have a system where students can take advantage of it but it doesn't replace the student just in the same way that we're talking about teachers teachers still need to be the teacher right. but they can use ai to help um, give them a jumping off point and make them more efficient yeah, I think the efficiency piece for me is the biggest part of it, right? That that we could
0: leverage this tool to do some of the uh, the tasks that take up time in our day that you know we could could be better spent on other things. The you know the the draft an email for me um, in in response to this, or here's my email in response to this. Correct it for grammar or tone. Uh, being able to correct for tone for me, I think, is a big one, in, in that if you were a staff member or if you were a student or, if, you know, if you were an administrator who tended to write very serious emails and you wanted to soften your stance in your emails and ask chat GPT for an example of that, um, or ask an AI product for an
1: example of that, I think that's a big advantage for you. I did that the other day. So my, like I said, my background is in science. I tend, my writing voice is very fact driven and it's short and sweet and to the point. And sometimes the point is not as sweet as I'd like it to be. And so the other day, I I drafted an email. And I read it before sending. And I thought, well, oh, this this doesn't sound as supportive as I want it to sound. And so I put it into ChatGPT for some suggestions. For how can I make this more palatable to mm. the reader? Yeah, and, and you can give it
0: the AI prompt example. For, for prompts anyway, you can Say I want to cover these topics. Write me a welcome back to school letter um, to parents, and you think about how long you sit down to write that, or you just take last year's and copy it over. It, with this, you could at least um, spice it up a little bit, add some tone to it, um, you know, add some new information to it. I, I think that you know those basic administrative tasks that teachers tend to either put off or struggle with, or spend extra time working on. Outside of their contractual day, this is where it could really help them.
1: Yeah, I'd rather people spend more of their time working on those things that we can't automate, those things like the relationships and like the f- type of feedback that we give kids. AI can do a really good job of telling you whether something's right or wrong, but it's still not at the point where it's a really good teacher, although um, the Conmigo, the the AI system by Khan Academy seems to be bridging that divide, uh, and I'm really interested to see where that goes. Especially as they start developing into um, trying to figure out how to orchestrate groups of students on something which Khan is saying should be out within the next six months or so. Mm. And you know, this is something that I mean, everyone who's gone to school under has. Been given group projects, and we all know when we were kids that one kid does the work, and everybody else does something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how if if we can design AI systems to do a better job at designing some of these group projects and facilitating each individual student, then we have ten or twenty or thirty teachers in the room helping or guiding students, not to, not to confuse the idea of an artificial facilitator with a teacher, but for, for any teacher who's been trying to help facilitate 10 or 20 simultaneous discussions amongst students, there's only one of you. So having some extra support systems will be great once that comes out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, so obviously AI is still an emerging technology. And it seems as though every company in the ed tech space has something that they're including that has AI included in it. It's the new you know, X or HD or whatever buzzword is in popular culture at the time. AI seems to be the one right now. Where, What sort of products do you see coming up on the horizon or uh, places where AI could be inserted
1: that it hasn't yet been? I think it's the areas where we've struggled the most, you know, the, like I said, the Designing work where you legitimately need multiple people doing different types of things and thinking in different ways, I think has always been a struggle. Uh, And there are some people who are very good at that. But for the most part, that's a huge struggle. That's a huge challenge to figure out how to design these projects such that everyone can learn the particular objectives that you have for the lesson or the unit but contribute to a greater goal. And I think that AI would be really good at helping us bridge some of those gaps, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah,
0: I think there's a, there's definitely a space for project management there, right? Um, where it can, it can jump in and sort of be an ass, a real assistant in that whole process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jonathan Shapiro, always great talking with you. Usually it's not recorded <laughs> for everyone's safety, uh, for, mainly because of me. But, uh, it, you know, we, we have great conversations all the time in our offices and, you know, in hallways and things like that. It's, uh, it's fun to be able to sit down and actually record one.
1: Thanks so much, Brandon. I love your podcast and can't wait to hear the whole series.
0: That was not generated by AI. He was actually serious when he said that. <laughs> We've been listening to the Get-A-Q podcast by MassQ, free to educate, connect, and inspire.